Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the North Forker podcast. I am Michalina Defont, and I'm joined today by Felicia Lalomia. Hi, Felicia. Hi, Michalina. As well as Sarah Austin. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Glad to be here. Yeah. So today we are talking about today's magazine week, or yeah, this week is magazine week, rather. Um, so we're talking about our October issue. I can't believe it's October. I'm sure everyone feels the same exact way. <laughs> For but sure. Here, and it is our harvest issue. So we're so pumped to talk about this and to kind of give a sneak peek into what's in the magazine. This magazine will be on newsstands this week. Um, it's also going out in newspapers this week as well. So everyone will get to see it and enjoy it. Um, it's a really fun issue. Yeah, I think, you know, it was so interesting and fun to dive into the idea of harvest. When when you think of harvest on the North Fork, I think everybody thinks of, oh, a pumpkin patch. Um, and, and I love doing that with my family. And that's a, obviously a huge draw in the area. But uh, what this issue does is is look at kind of all the different kinds of harvesting going on this time of year. And it's really exciting. We have people harvesting sea salt from the sound and we have, um, you know, chefs and, and farmers harvesting fall produce. And of course the wine harvest is going on. Um, so we covered that and how that's changed this year in this sort of strange uh, pandemic year that we've had. Um, so, I mean, overall, I feel like the theme is just all of the hard work that's kind of hidden behind the scenes that goes into um, this harvest season and making it so, so, such a rich time of year with so much to do and to eat and to drink. Definitely. And I do love thinking about harvest, like you said, not just pumpkin and apples, although those are wonderful things to harvest. There are so many amazing different types of things that are harvested on the North Fork that maybe you don't think of when you initially think of harvest season. Um, and one of them is uh, detailed on our cover. So when you see our cover, it's a little different. You're looking at hands with salt in them. So Felicia, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, I was so happy when I saw that this story made the cover, because like you said, it's such a different take on what harvesting on the North Fork is like. Um, but yeah, so I wrote the story um, about Dennis and Scott who work together to on the company North Fork Sea Salt and they harvest sea salt out of the sound. And um, I mean, the story goes into detail of like how they met and how this whole um, business sort of came together. But um, it was so fascinating to see them do it. We were on um, a beach on the sound and like if you don't know what they're doing, it's it's very strange. It's just like him going, um, Dennis going into the water with waders on if it's cold or, you know, if it's not cold, he'll just go on in a bathing suit with <laughs> two five-gallon buckets in his hand. He fills them with water um, at a certain tide to make sure that the water is at its best and um, like its cleanest and then brings them back to his truck and then brings the water home and then he uses a sort of process to um, evaporate the water out of it and make sea salt um, which I think is so cool it's like one of those like salt is such um, an ingredient that goes into everything and such a universal thing that people can use to cook and to be able to get it locally uh, is like something I never even 
thought of like how how could you do that i always thought it was like it would take so much water to make such a little amount of salt um and it is a very difficult and um labor intensive process but um it's fascinating and it's really cool to see how they do it yeah it definitely is and it's true like when you if you see them out there with buckets you're like what are like what are they doing but it's taking water and fascinating that that's how like that's where sea salt comes from like obviously it does but you would just never i don't know it's hard to like we're weird to make the connection without kind of knowing what's going on there so it's pretty cool that you got to go and see it firsthand and then write this really beautiful story about it yeah I also love the story of the friendship of these two guys who found this rather obscure shared passion. You know, one of them watching YouTube videos of like French chefs to to figure out how to make sea salt and the other had, had eat, you know, tried the sea salt and cooked with it and thought it was amazing. And then when they, they happened to meet, it, it all came together for them. Yeah. So I just was, love the, the connection a- that they have over this, um, this sea salt. Yeah, it was quite a serendipitous meeting that they had because Dennis, who um, was living in the city at the time, just came across North Fork Sea Salt when Scott was running it by himself and um, became really fascinated with the whole thing. And then when Dennis moved out to the North Fork, they ended up connecting through their hobby of fishing, of all things, and... um, started working together. I mean, it goes, I go into a little bit more detail in the story. So make sure you guys check that out and see how they met and launched this company. It's pretty incredible. And I do love that. Their bromance is pretty amazing too. So. I love the bromance. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's chat about a more um, typical sort of harvest story that we also have in our magazine. Sarah, want to chat about that? Sure. We did. We decided it would be fun to live everyone's dream because if you can do that in your job, why not? So we um, went out with Noah Schwartz uh, to the farm to pick out fall produce with him and talk about how to make the most of the harvest um, when you're picking out the beautiful fall and late summer produce this time of year. So we not only talked to him about the 10th year of his restaurant Noah's in Greenport, which of course is one of the most wonderful farm to table restaurants, not only in the area, but really, um, you know, in the wider region. And and then we got some very specific fun tips from him about how to pick out produce. So, you know, you should be smelling your pears from the bottom because you, you get that sweet smell when they're ripe. And he suggested storing your potatoes in the basement for a while to make to sort of let them develop their flavor and how to pick the best garlic heads and Brussels sprouts. So I just, I love that because I go to the farm stand every week, but I am one of those people who tends to be a little paralyzed. So just to have some expert insight on what to look for and which of those beautiful um, fruits and vegetables to pick um, made me feel sort of, it lowered my blood pressure. Definitely. And I will let you know that I did try the pear thing and it works. The pears are delicious um, and you can really get a sense of um, they're going to be really sweet and right from the like smelling of bottoms of them, which is really cool little insider tip that we all know now. So awesome. Um, Another story that we did in our harvest issue was telling the story of the 2020 wine harvest for grapes specifically this year. Yeah, I mean, it's a different year for everybody and the wine industry, like a lot of us have been through it. 
um, you know, they very disruptive to their business model, not, not being able to have tastings for a lot of the year. And, um, you know, I think there was a question at one point, sort of what are they going to do with all the grapes if they don't sell the wine from last year? And to me, this was a very hopeful story of resilience of this industry. They have had, you know, a lot of loyalty from North Fork, um, customers from wine club members and they really have had you know been able to keep up their sales this year so that was great to hear and they're of course you know as one of the um winemakers said um from Bedell, it's like when the grapes are ready they have to be picked you know we don't have the choice of course we're going to harvest so they're they're putting on masks and doing extra um precautions in their processing facilities to make sure everything is um you know safe and healthy for their workers but they're actually really excited for this year's harvest because of the warm weather that we've been having and and the lack of rain um it creates very sort of bordeaux style um conditions for some really beautiful um rich red wines as long as we don't as long as the skies don't open up in October. <laughs> yes, fingers yeah, crossed. I mean, when you talk to winemakers, I think they check the weather maybe more than a meteorologist. You know, <laughs> they wake up in the morning, they grab their phone and they're like, what's the weather today? So they, they always speak of it with great caution, knocking on every wood surface. You know, so far, this looks like it could be a spectacular year for grapes. So just sort of, you know, it, it, life gives and it takes you know it's a very difficult year business wise but it could be a phenomenal year wine wise yeah this might just be the best thing about 2020 so uh, <laughs> i'll take it <laughs> i'm hope so i feel like after reading about this now i'm checking the weather <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I want that cabernet sauvignon <laughs> we'll have to do like the anti-rain dance whatever that looks like so exactly <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, it was a great read. Um, and it's always good to kind of have a, a pulse on what's happening in, you know, Long Island wine country. So it was definitely a good insight to that. Uh, another story we did, it's not exactly harvest related. However, in my mind, it kind of does fit because it's harvesting wood and reclaimed materials. Felicia, I know you wrote a story on dismantling an old barn within the attic to um, and Dan McAllister and um, Corey as well. Yeah, so definitely a different interpretation of the word harvest. Um, it's not something you consume, but um, what they do, which is honestly so cool, is um, people in you know on the North Fork or even beyond the North Fork um, who have older historical. Uh, buildings that are kind of falling apart or they, they really can't be repaired to a point where um, they can be used in any sort of way and they're just kind of a danger, um, can call up in the attic and, and Dan McAllister there and um, he will come and dismantle the building in a way that he can um, salvage the wood and rebuild it into other pieces of furniture or um, countertops or things for your kitchen or, I mean, anything. He does any sort of custom work um, that you want. And what's really cool is that going into a lot of these, when he goes into take down a lot of these buildings, he already knows what parts of each building are going to go towards what. So, so cool. When I went with him, um, he was taking apart an, a garage 
from, he estimated like the early 1900s, probably around the 1930s. Um, it was in Jamesport. It was tucked pretty snugly between two houses in South Jamesport. Um, but he saw this one section of wood um, that looked to be in pretty good shape towards the back of the garage. And he was like, this we're going to use for uh, an island that we already have. Um, somebody's already um, booked us for. And um, what's cool is he can take pictures of the barn, of the garage, of that specific part of the wood. And then once he's done making that island, he can show it to that customer and say, this is where your wood came from. These are the exact pieces of wood that we use to make um, your island. And here is the history that we know behind it. Um, so it's a really cool way to repurpose historical buildings that, um, you know, there's nothing that can be done to save them, um, but still give them a new life and uh, a way for them to stay on the North Fork and um, have a new history to them. And he makes really beautiful pieces. Um, you know, they don't try, they try to bring out the natural beauty in the wood um, without marring its history. And, and um, so he did like a full piece for us where he took wood from this garage and made it into a coffee table, which is in the magazine. You'll see the barn that, or the garage that we went to, and then the finished coffee table that he made from wood from that barn. So it's just a really cool full circle way to uh, use something that may not, that could have just ended up in a landfill. Definitely. Um, and calling it full circle really does make so much sense here. Um, it's incredible that the craftsmanship um, of he and Corey, um, they're amazing. And I really love being able to like use something um, that has a history and create something else with it. I think it's such a beautiful thing. And I have a few things that um, they, that they've made in my home and I love when I pass them, it just kind of, it just feels right. Like there's something about the history behind it that it's lived other lives before it's made itself into my home. That feels really special. And I know that that coffee table actually did sell and I'm sure that it'll be so cool for the new owners to um, not only obviously know the history there, but also kind of get to see some of it documented in our magazine. So I think that's just so much fun and so cool. And um, if you haven't gone over there yet, definitely make your way down to In the Attic. They're actually moving their location as we speak to Papanik, right next to Greenport Harbor Brewery on Main Road. Um, I'm sure that their new shop is going to be incredible as well. Yeah, for sure. Um... I think it's it's cool because they'll be combining their two spaces right now they have two different spaces one in laurel and one in jamesport and they'll be combining them into one so they'll have everything under one roof and a much bigger space and um it'll be cool to see what they what they do there yes definitely i'm so excited for all the fun things to come out of that shop yes another story that we wrote about um actually lauren parker had wrote about it for us um is called greenport globetrotting and it's on heidi kelso's boutique in, in Greenport called Lido. Um, I'm sure many of you have been there. They have incredible items sourced from all over the world. Um, Heidi Kelso is amazing and to hear her story is really cool. Um, she kind of like lives this dual life, which I am so envious of. <laughs> I wish I had time for that, although I don't know how she does either. Um, she, I guess by day, you want to call it, is a New York City media, um, she has a New York City media entertainment company. She's put on huge productions such as the Times Square ball drop. Um, however, she does travel the world and sources incredible, beautiful, one-of-a-kind pieces. A lot of times that she has 
a direct hand in um, choosing the fabric and the print um, or the wood for you know day beds in Indonesia. Um, it's really incredible. And I really loved reading this. Lauren did a great job with the story. Uh, specifically, I really enjoyed, we took, uh, we got some shots from Heidi herself. She sent over some shots from her travels across the world. And we have like a little travel diary in there, which felt so amazing. Um, I feel like I learned so much by looking at these photos and reading Heidi's captions. Um, you know, when you see a beautiful dress with a really pretty design, um, maybe you're not thinking much more of it than that, but to really see how the design is made and the print blocks that are used um, and the relationships that she has with these incredible makers across the world. It's just so beautiful um, and so inspiring. And it's definitely made me want to travel even more, although that's not a thing right now. But when it is, I feel like I need to go to some of these places and see these incredible things we need. Oh, me too. I mean, you can barely believe Heidi Kelso has the same number of hours in her day that we do. Um, with all that she does, it's so fun to hear about her travels and the way that she has turned these travels into explorations of the different kinds of um, crafts and, and artisanal products and, and the history of these countries and, and made these relationships and turned them into, you know, business relationships where she's able to support them and sell their products um, here in her store. And I've, of course, been in the store in Greenport and always thought it was fabulous and beautiful. But then to know that the history of things like those beautiful rings that you have to try on every time you walk in the store, <laughs> even if you don't buy one, you know, that those came from Jaipur and out of a, you know, see the big pile of gems and how those were turned into these beautiful crafts and, and also how she, you know, created basically her own line, having no experience in that at all, just from friends who said, wow, your outfit's really cool. You should you should sell that and and having the confidence to say yeah i have good taste i can figure this out and um just so much admiration for the business that she's built which is basically her side hustle which is crazy incredible isn't it i mean it also because it's not just she's not just a curator like finding things online and then putting them into her store she's literally traveling the world and then creating these things with these incredible makers and so she has like you said i don't, I don't know how she has the time it is amazing um, and to really see how these things are made are incredible. I mean, she sources from all over the world, Japan, Indonesia, India, Southeast Asia, Morocco. I, <laughs> the list is endless and it's spectacular. And this piece I really enjoyed so much. All right, anything else we should chat about? I know that this magazine was a really fun one to put together. Um, I love how we kind of interpreted harvest season in a few different ways here. Um, I found it really inspiring and beautiful and I'm so excited for our readers to pick it up this week. Yeah, look for it all across the North Fork and if you see it out in the wild, you know, shoot us a picture and let us know. We love sort of spotting North Forker out in the, wherever we go. And, um, and we love hearing from you about what you liked and what you'd like to see in future issues. So feel free to reach out and let us know. Absolutely. Well, Sarah and Felicia, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Thank you. And to everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week to talk about our perfect North Fork weekend plans for a fall getaway. So tune in next week for that. And in the meantime, have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the harvest season and stay safe. Bye. Bye, guys. Happy fall.